Hallelujah. How many knows that tonight? Know that he lives, he still reigns, he's still in control. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, Lord, we're so thankful that you are in control. Lord, when you first spoke this world into existence, you haven't lost one moment of control. And Lord, we just ask that you would just come on the scene tonight and you would bring peace to hearts and touch lives, Lord, I pray. Lord, the enemy is coming, Lord, like a flood, but Lord, the scripture said you'd raise a standard up against him. That standard is your word. That standard is what we lean upon. That standard is what we draw strength from. That standard is what we look at tonight. And Lord, we're going to look at your word and live. And we just ask tonight, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, you would touch our lives, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, if there be anything that we've done that not be pleasing to you, Father. Lord, let your Holy Ghost just reign in our hearts tonight. Let it flood this building, Lord, with a heavenly atmosphere. Lord, may angels garrison themselves around us, Lord, and begin to move in the other realms, Lord, and push back the spirits of fear and dread and doubt and unbelief, Lord, and let faith, Lord, reign in our midst, we pray. We commit this service to your hand, Lord, everything to be said and done for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we speak these things tonight, Lord. It's what is on our heart. We just ask that you would just, Lord, give us the wisdom, Lord, what to say, Lord, and, and shut our mouth when we've said enough. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Amen. says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and pur purge them as gold and silver that they may be offered unto the Lord and offering, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you this evening on pressure, pressurized pressurized. I know we live in a great age of pressure and there's pressure all around us and it seems to be gaining every day. You know, Brother Branham would speak about pressures and he would speak about age, the age of ages having pressures. He'd speak about it in the Thyatira and church age. He talks about the dark age. The pressure was either to bend or to be broken, to bow or die. It was the inquisition and the power of, of the empire backing up satanic worship, being organized, be organized or pay with your life. See, each age has its pressures. For example, the great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches, soft living, and nervous tensions, tensions in a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in. And I believe that don't seem like the tensions are getting any less. It seems they're getting more. 
You know, it's one thing after another anymore as, as this new year has broken on us. You know, we started with a plague that came upon the earth and, and you know, uh, whether a lot of it was government, this, that, and the other, I don't, I'm not going to get into all of that, but you know, it's, it's just one thing after another on every side. And now we have racial tensions and all things that are going on in the, in this world. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to continue to get worse and it's going to continue to go down. You know, uh, you know, this, this nation has been prophesied to be destroyed and, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that's crying, pray for this nation, pray for this nation. But, you know, this nation, this world is prophesied to be burnt with fire. And, and you know, it's a place that is not a place to uh, prepare for a future. It's not a place to prepare for a, uh, you know, a life here as far as in this world that we're living in. This is not what we're here for. We're here to leave this world. And I think it's very, very, uh, that we should have our mind made up that we're going to keep our eye on one thing. We're not going to get drawn into politicalness and we're not going to be drawn into whatever things that's on Facebook or whatever things on social media. That's not what our, our eyes are upon. Our eyes are upon another dimension and our eyes are, are upon leaving here, you know, and, and, and but in a, for an age of pressure or age of tension, he would have to have a people who, who can take those those pressures or those tensions now you cannot take the pressures that that are in this age with your own human ability or your own human understanding because humanly you cannot understand how humans can treat other humans the way they treat them humanly you can't understand why the world or how the world is going this way and the way that is going but the only way that you can take this pressure or the pressure of this age is to be pressurized is to have something around you. Is to, as as the song was singing, Thou art my shield, Thou art my 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 portion. Amen. There's, there's people upon this earth that are pressurized. They're not. They're, their their happiness or their joy is not determined on whether it's a good day or a bad day, or or whether it's a good post on Facebook or bad news on Facebook or bad news or good news on Fox News, CNN, or whatever you look at. Amen. But they're 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 everything about them is 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 is, is under a certain uh, uh, pressure because they, they are under another guidance or under another realm. Amen. And you know, uh, as we lit, read the scripture, he said, the scripture would speak about, said he sits as a refiner or a purifier of silver. Now, you know, as you would put gold or you'd put silver in the fire, it goes under a pressure. It goes under, uh, you know, intense heat and intent, and that builds up pressure in it. But there's something that has taken place. There's something that's going on as that pressure begins to build up around that gold or that silver and begins to, amen, something begins to, to happen to it. It begins to pull out the impurities that are there and it, and it begins to move. And so but it's very interesting that in this time that we're living in and this thing that we're going through, that he said he shall sit as a refiner or a purifier of silver. You know, and I got to looking at this and I've come across a story of, of a people that was in a Bible study and they were studying this scripture and they begin to wonder, what does this mean? Does this mean something about the character or the nature of God that he would sit as a refiner and he would sit over this? And so this one person decided that she would go look up a silversmith and, and make an appointment to watch him at work. And, and she began to watch 
watch as he would look at this and he would begin to heat the fire up and he would place the silver in there and he would, and he would hold uh, the silver right in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest and, 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 and to burn away all the impurities. And you know, this person began to think how God is holding us in such a hot spot. And we're in a hot spot. If it ain't viruses, it's this over here, it's that over here, it's a hurricane that's coming, it's this, that. It's always something. We're in a very hot spot. But, you know, she thought of, he thought, this person thought again of this as God sitting as a refiner. And she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver. Hallelujah. Not only did he sit there holding the silver in the fire, he kept his eyes on the silver. And if the, because he said if the silver was left even for one second too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. And then this person was silent for a minute and she said, well then how do you know when the silver is ready to come out? He smiled and answered, oh it's easy when I see my image in it. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful as we read the scripture and all the chaos and all the things that are going off on around us. He hasn't take his, taken his hand off of us. Amen. He hasn't taken his eye off of us. Proverbs 15 would say it like this. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and on the good. Amen. So he keeps his eyes on us. In 2 Chronicles, it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. So God's hands are upon you. God's hands is holding you while you're in the fire. God's eyes are on you while you're in the fire. Hallelujah. He hasn't taken a day off. He hasn't turned away from you while you're in this trouble. And it may not be, you may not even be, even tonight, maybe something totally different than what I'm even spoke about as far as the plagues or some political thing that's going on. But it maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something personal. But I want you to understand, you may be in the fire, but God's holding you there. Amen. He hasn't, not, and you may be in the fire, but God's eyes are upon you. Amen. You know, knowing that he is with you and nothing can harm you. Amen. The fire is actually for your good. The things that you're going through, the trials of this life are actually for your good. Amen. That you shall come out of them as pure gold. Amen. And all these things worked out of your life and you can understand there's nothing can harm you. There's neither powers. There's neither things present. There's neither things future. Hallelujah. There's nothing near the things future, so no matter what's coming in the future, it's for our good. It's for our leaving here. It's to get us ready to leave. Nothing can separate us from him. We are in him. Therefore, we can take the pressures of this. If you're in Christ, you can take the pressures of this world. Hallelujah. Says we never come, Brother Brandon will say it like this, he never we never come in by our own will, but he by choice elected us and brought us into himself. So it's his business to take care of, of what he has taken into himself. Hallelujah. Don't you understand that you're in the fire, but he's in the fire with you? Hallelujah. He's taking you into himself. It's his business to take care of you. And it says, no man can pluck you from my hands. Because he's, and he says, it's the Father who will take care of it. And who's got more power than God? 
Does governments? Amen. Does political people and all this, all this stuff that's going, do they have more power than God? Come on, somebody. Who has more power than God? So what kind of power have you got that is holding you? Hallelujah. It's the power that created the universe. It's the power that's holding the earth in this place. It's the power that held the sun there this morning. It's the power that holds the stars in their place. That is the power that is holding you. Hallelujah. Amen. It took the solar system and it went, Brother Branham said it went, he was like that. And it blew it out and every star went into its place and it's still holding there. And that power is watching over you. What kind of father do we have? Amen. You may be in the fire of sickness tonight, but there's a father watching over you. You may be in the fire of depression or the fire of fear or the fire of torment, but there is a father that is watching over you and he's got his hands on you. And he knows exactly the moment to snatch you out because he said, I'll not put more on you than what you can bear, but I'll make a way of escape. And what is your way of escape tonight? It's not to some, some party somewhere or some Republican or some Democrat or some government somewhere. Our way of escape is not a government. Our way of escape is out of here. Our way of escape is leaving this old foul world that we're living in. Hallelujah. That's what kind of father you have. Oh, my. He's watching everything. He knows exactly when to take us out. Whoa, that ought to be some peace to sweep over your heart. He knows exactly when the rapture hit that button. And we won't be left here a second too long. But we're in an age of pressure. Feels like it's coming from every side. Sickness, deaths, plagues, political unrest. But God is watching. God sees it. He has his hand on his bride, and he hasn't left the fire. She's built for pressure. Amen. It was a, he, he, he tested this to make sure it would hold. He, he, he would go down to a river, and he'd be baptized, and the Spirit of God would come upon him and indwell inside of him. And he tested it, and it held him. He tested that in intense pressure and political pressure of his day and, and, and unrest of his day and things going on in his day, it held. When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and it's, it's such pressure, you're talking about pressure as he would fight, amen, as he would die and he would lay his life down and he would say, not my will, but thy will be done. Pressure, he knows pressure. He knows what it's like to, to have so much pressure on him till the sweat comes out like blood. He knows all about pressure, but it held. As he walked to the cross, it held. As he took the nails in his hand, it it didn't take nails to hold him on the cross. It held. God always, he would say it like this. He said, God always likens his peoples to eagles. He said, he calls himself Jehovah Eagle. And we are his eaglets. He said, I made an illustration many times how an eagle gets her little ones ready to fly, and she takes them up in the air and turns them loose. He said if a crow tried to get up there, every feather would fall out of him. He's not pressurized for it. He can't stand the pressure. 
But the eagle is the only bird that's born with that kind of feather. <laughs> well, you look different because I got a different feather. That can go so high to a hawk. Can't even see around him. He's, the higher you go, the further you can see. And what good would it do a hawk to get up there if he don't have the eyes to see anyway? He couldn't see back where he came from. And he said, that's the way it is with a Christian. He said, some of the people maybe got a buzzard dis- disposition and eating on the things of the world and the vultures and try, but trying to fly up with the eagles. If you try that, you'll just blow up. But there, because there's too much pressure there. Amen. You've got to be made for it. And he was saying another place about tension. He said, people want to paint a, 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 a little, a little, almost a fairy tale. I don't remember exact words, but, and say, when you come to Christ, there's no tension. He said, when you come to Christ, there's more tension than there's ever been. Amen. But when you, he said, but when you're, when you're pressurized or when you, you have that spirit of that eagle inside of you, you are made for that. You know, we know the story of him shooting a gun that was a different type of gun. They tried to make it into a Weatherby rifle. I can no doubt get Brother Mike up here and he can tell us all the, all the uh, caliber and this, that, and the other and exactly how it all went. He's told me it before. But that Weatherby, uh, that rifle was tried to be, to be made into a Weatherby. But it wasn't a Weatherby from the factory. It was tried to maybe made into it, maybe had some of the similar kind of steel and different things, but it wasn't made to be a Weatherby to shoot a Weatherby rifle bullet or the caliber that it was a Weatherby powder or whatever. He said, but that's the way we find ourselves sometimes. He said, we find so many times that people just can't stand the pressure of being a Christian. The pressure of being a Christian. He said, why? It's because they have never died out to self and been born again. Hello, somebody. Made from the dyes of God to stand the load, the pressure that comes against a real Christian. He said, you try to walk with a real saint of God and find that pressure hit against you, you'll blow up and be back where you was to begin with. But if you've been born again and filled with God's spirit, then you're pressurized by God to stand the pressure. You're pressurized by God to stand the pressure that the world can put against you. But that must be first, be born again. He said he would talk about fish, how they're pressured to live in a certain area. You know, I've I've been out deep sea fishing. You can actually, when you pull a fish up from so far down, you pull them up, and they're, have, they're built for a certain pressure. There's a certain pressure down there. Can't give you the exact, but it's, a certain, it's different than what you're up there on. So when you bring them up, they actually start blowing up. And then, you know, if you go fishing, they'll tell you to take, take a, uh, something, and they poke it in a certain spot and let that air back out, and that fish will live. But, you know, he said a fish is pressurized so it can live down there. And if he comes up, he'll explode. He said, we're pressurized for the earth. He said, he said, see, he said, but what if that little fish would ever come to me? Would I ever want to go back to the midnight ink down there? Would I ever want to be that kind of animal again? And them kind of sights and senses, no, sir, I want to be a human. He said, now multiply that by 100 million. 
And I don't even know, maybe that's not even good enough, but that's just almost an innumerable number. A hundred million. And then God has a change, has to change this mortal being where we are, and we're repressurized and taken up to his presence where we never want to be that kind of thing again. Far beyond that, we're changed from the creature that we once was. But you see people, they're getting caught up in the political spirit. They're getting caught up in supporting things they don't even know what they're supporting. It's the truth. Well, Johnny, you blessed me today with your prayer. Just touched me back there as I, I just, my hands shot up and began to talk to the Lord and felt his presence move so near. I'm so thankful, Brother Johnny, that in this, this life that we live, it ain't about how much money you got or don't have. It ain't about how, what color you are or you're not. Come on, somebody. Oh, my. It ain't about none of that. There's so much confusion. What's true? What's false? There's only one thing that's true. That is the word of God. There's only one thing you can stand upon in this time that we're living in. That is the word of God. You can repost this and you can repost that. I don't know if it's true or if it's false or what it is. It don't make no difference to me. I know what's true. Hallelujah. And in this Bible, he said, I have a people out of every race, every kindred, every tongue, and every people. Hallelujah. It's not dependent upon what color you are if you're making it a rapture. Hallelujah. It's not dependent upon what you have or what you don't have, whether you go. It's dependent upon what's on the inside. Hallelujah. And there's a people that are ready for lift off. Hallelujah. Amen. I got to watching, as I mentioned, Sunday about those men that was in that rocket. And they begin to, you know how, how, they, how they actually are sitting on top of a rocket? Could you imagine the power that is under them? The pressure that is there and it's about to, about to just, just any time the, the button's going to be pushed. And all of a sudden those... It was incredible. I watched it as it took place as this big old huge frame of iron began to lift up off the earth and sitting right on the top of this was a couple of men. You think at that time they're worried about COVID-19? Hello, or a hurricane somewhere out there, or this unrest over here, or this war over here. No, they're, they're looking up. <laughs> They're actually seated looking up because that's where they're going. Now, you can look over here. You can look over here if that's where you're going. But if you're going there, you better be looking this way. You better be looking up. Amen. The Bible says look up because your redemption draweth now. When you see all these things, the seas are roaring. This is going on. And, and you know, even in the Bible, I, you know, it talks about the multitudes as, he, as the angel of God would come down and put his, hand, his foot upon the land, upon the sea. It speaks about the land and the sea as being multitudes of people. And Jesus would use seas roaring in this time. And we see multitudes of people roaring. Things are going on, unrest everywhere. Amen, not just in our nation, it's all over the world. 
seas are roaring. This is not the time to be looking over there or over there or over there or in this device or that device. This is the time to be looking up. Because that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. And there's a power under me. And at any moment, control center is going to say, one, two, three, four. Amen. That's how we count. I know they may have been counting 10, 9, 8, 7. Brother Brandon said countdown in our time is different. It's first age, second age, third age, fourth age, fifth age, sixth age, seventh age. Blast off. (laughs) And if man can make enough power to put under himself to take him out of this dimension, don't you know God's got enough power? Amen. Under you tonight. And it's sitting there ready at any moment to push the button and we're leaving this whole world. We're leaving this whole racism. We're leaving this whole problem. We're leaving this whole thing of division and disharmony. We're leaving it all behind. Matter of fact, we're leaving cancer behind. We're leaving sugar diabetes behind. We're leaving high blood pressure behind. We're leaving sorrows behind. We're leaving it all behind because there's a people that's looking up. Hallelujah. Amen. You see why people are looking at this and looking at this? Because they don't believe they're leaving. But them two astronauts had enough in them to believe we're leaving. I'm getting in that thing. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to say. I don't know if I should say something or not say something. There's only one thing to do. Look up. It's takeoff time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It says there, I'll read it for you now. There's to be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth, distress of nations with perplexities, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, the achievements of men has been able to do with all these natural achievements it's happened on the earth. Brother Brandon would say it's just a forerunner of a spiritual achievement that God has done by his church. All the natural things are just types of the spiritual things. You say, well, how's that? Well, he said, let's take transportation. First, transportation was walking, then horse, and then the automobile, and then science built us an airplane, and First one, one horsepower, and then car maybe 20 horsepower, and airplane goes up to hundreds of horsepower, and just when we come with a horse, and then the automobile was made, the next thing's the airplane, we just keep achieving higher and higher, greater and greater. This is the achievement of science, but this is only a forerunner of the spiritual things. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, if we're seeing men take off into another dimension, We ought to have enough about us to realize we can come to church and leave this old dimension and worship God in spirit and truth. 
Leave our old funny feelings behind and old things, of, all little fuzzy things that's going on. Leave it all behind and just worship God. Amen. Amen. This is a forerunner of the spiritual things that happen of God. By his spirit has been in his promised word. The natural man by knowledge looks backwards for his achievement, that science. See, what God has done is a former creation. They go out and pick up clods, pick up pieces of rock, fossils, element, ties them together. See, on that achievement, they're taking what God has done and perverting it from the original estate and making it his living quarters and so forth and his economy a little better by what has been created. That's a natural achievement by man. But God in the spiritual achievement is going forward. Not backward. He's going forward, looking into the word, believing the promises for things that has never come yet. For the spiritual revelations to manifest the spiritual things that God has promised. He sees them come to pass just as a scientist in his laboratory are working on different things to help man take creation. The talk, taking creation, the spiritual man is looking forward to something God promised. And I want you to understand, even as science progressed, it wasn't go here and here and here and then go backwards. No, it's kept going forward. One horse, two horse, 50 horse, 100 horse, 1,000 horse, rocket fuel. So if the physical world is doing that, how much more is the spiritual world? Moving forward. I'm not looking for less of God. I'm looking for more of God. I'm not looking for less of God's power. I'm looking for more of God's power. I'm not looking for less of healings. I'm looking for more of healings. I'm not looking for less salvations. I'm looking for more salvation. I'm not looking for less of nothing what comes to God. I'm looking for more of God. The natural church, he says, and taking back to the natural, he said they look back. To Finney, Sankey, Knox, Calvin. That was all right, but that was their day. We, on the other hand, are looking forward to something else, the promise that's greater and higher. Amen. What God has promised. Science goes back and picks it up, but the word of God goes forward. So we see here, science has been able to achieve more horsepower. Did it by taking the power and making greater instruments and automobiles and airplanes. And God is achieving in the same manner. Way back in the days of Luther, their power was horsepower. By getting Luther in his hands, by God getting Luther in his hands in the fire. The refiner in the fire, sitting at the fire. Controlled. Out of a great organization, out of a great system. He let the man see that just shall live by faith. And when he was able to achieve justification and preach it, and the church came to life, it come to life and began to move just a little bit back under the days of one horsepower. When the horsepower was ready to get fade out and, the, and all of a sudden of the carriage and the horse and buggy, now he achieved justification and moved on a little further and a little further down the road. Amen. Justified by faith and now sanctification by the Spirit. It was a man named John Wesley under his control. It took him out of all the isms away from him. He was able by John Wesley to bring the church into sanctification moving forward. The automobile now moving forward. 
Could you imagine the first time a man, <laughs> you see funny videos of people doing things to their old folks, you know, and putting these new age technologies on them and things. Could you imagine, now today, a, a car is, is just everyday thing. It's progressed and it's gotten greater and bigger and better and all that. Added more functions and more buttons and more this and that and the other, but it's still a car. When you get down to the bones of it, it's still a car. And so, and so anyway, when, when they, when they when, could you imagine the first person has maybe lived in the stick somewhere and all he knew was a horse, and when here comes this putt-putt thing up his driveway and the guy says, get in. It's safe. Get in. Take a lot of convincing to convince a man like that. And you go on down to the next stage, the airplane. Guy might have been doing pretty good in a car, but all of a sudden you're telling me to get in something that's going to leave this good old terracotta, this earth that I'm standing on, and you're going to tell me to get in something that leaves this place? No, if he didn't know about it, didn't see all the things that were going on, and maybe he missed the days of over and Wilbur Wright, and he missed all of that. And all of a sudden, somebody comes to get in this thing. Where are we going? We're going to Walmart? No, we're going up there. Up where? It was a progression. It was moving. Things were taking place. And you can see even in that why the Lutherans didn't want to go on with the Wesleyans. And the Wesleyans didn't want to go on with the Pentecostals. And the Pentecostals don't want to go on with us. Amen. See, sanctification raised the church to its feet and got it able to walk. Now at the end of uh, Wesley's age, it was an automobile. We realized, he said, now, see, every reformer comes out at the end of the age. We find out that Wesley, at the last of his church age, it comes just before the Pentecost. We did see the church got enough strength through sanctification to walk away from the things of the world. Separated for the glory of God. It's too bad it lost that. But it got strength enough. Luther gave it light in the horse and buggy. Wesley gave it light through sanctification, separating the self from the world. And then through the little branches of pilgrim holiness and Nazarene, whatsoever more, down through the sanctification. But remember, it couldn't stay still. The pillar of fire kept moving. Came Azusa Street, represented the airplane days. From the automobile, God was able by the Wright brothers to take a motor in a little same kind of metal, same kind of everything, but have just a little design, different design to it and make it lift off this earth. Mercy. When the Holy Spirit fell on Azusa Street, supernatural was made known. Unknown tongues fell in. Things were happening. Miracles were taking place. Amen. What happened? He said, but notice, all these things are achievements. He said, but the Spirit of God is still moving on. <laughs> See, he always does it that way. He told us in the side to watch for the signs that would be in the sky, the things that would be happening. Just, we just read the scripture just before the coming of Christ. We see that. It's only a pointing spot. It's only saying, look. Look what's taking place. We see science where they're at. But we all see what, see what God has achieved by his church. Don't ever forget that. What God has achieved by his church. You know, man, don't, as far as I know, is there anybody in here that want to go back to a horse and buggy? Uh-uh. And to be honest with you, if you had the money, 
and the ability to own maybe a helicopter or airplane to take you off on trips, you wouldn't ever want to go back to a, to, to, to a, a car. <laughs> and I've seen some of your posts. If y'all could have got on that rocket, you'd have got on it. <laughs> but see, what is it? A horse and buggy to a car, it's just more horses at it. Just more power. <laughs> a horse and a car to an a airplane, what is it? It's just more horses at it. It's just more something going on. When John Wesley found sanctification, a set-aside work from justification, he didn't condemn justification. It's only more power added to it. When the Pentecostals found the baptism of the Holy Ghost and restoration of the gifts, they never denied sanctification or justification. They just went more power and raised up and went on more. Why? They had more power now. All those things foreshadowing as they come up. What was it? God's achievement in his church. And we find from the Azusa Street, planes took off everywhere. A great revival swept the world. Heavenly places speaking in unknown tongues, gifts. The world being burned over by it. God got his hands on a group of people in the fire. Me going down. He said, What happened? So she left these intellectual churches grounded. Pentecost left these intellectual churches grounded. When Pentecost took off of speaking in tongues and great gifts of healing, they healed the sick. They'd done great things. They'd done it. There's no doubt about what they'd done. It's proof what they'd done. Sure it did. They left this intellectual church sitting on the ground saying, Well, you can't do this and you can't do that. Brother Branham uses a statement. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it anywhere and I don't know what it's referring to. Maybe somebody here or somebody out there that's in this time frame might know what it's meant. But he said, like a little boy in jail for shooting a gumbo. A gumbo. The only thing I know about gumbo is eating it. <laughs> I thought maybe it was something to do with marbles or something. I don't know. Shooting a gumbo. But somebody came in and said the little boy came in to visit him. He, had, he got thrown in jail. He said, oh, they can't put you in jail for that. And he said, they can't. And he was because he was, said, what do you mean they can't? I'm already here. So apparently it wasn't nothing that seemingly to be put in jail for, whatever it was. And he said, but oh, they can't. Look, I'm already here. And he said, that's the way they say about the Holy Ghost. They say the Holy Ghost is for another age. That's what they think. It's here. Hallelujah. We know it's here. We've been flying in the air under the influence of it. Amen. Seeing the things that the intellectual people know nothing about. Only thing they can do is sit down there and say and just make fun of it. He said like a little calf in the stall one time. You know the story. Out in the stall they said, well, you know, he's big, fat, and round, and sassy. He jumped out of the stall when he's let out on that beautiful day and he began to kick up his heels and, and shout or moo and have a good time. He said, what was it? He had a fine farmer that fed him good vitamins all year round. And the other old lazy farmer over there had this little calf born in the winter winter and the little fella hadn't eaten nothing but weeds and when he come out he's so poor he couldn't hardly move and every time the wind would blow it'd shove him sideways he said he seen this little fat calf up there kicking his heels and having a great time and he goes huh, fanaticism he said but what was the difference the difference was one was full of good vitamins he said no wonder he could kick up his heels 
He said, and when a man is filled with the Holy Ghost, there's something in him that's full of God's spiritual vitamins. It makes him want to praise God for what he's done. It makes him want to shout. It makes him want to act different. Why? He's no longer earthbound. He's in the heavens. He's left them earthbound on their bicycles and their automobiles, saying days of miracles are past. There ain't no such a thing as the Holy Ghost. Saying... We're here like Jesus was at the cross. The Spirit left him. Now we're here by ourselves. Baloney. When that Spirit lifts off, that is the power that's taken us. He said, but friends, may I say this? It has come to the age of the astronaut. We got more power now. Did you hear me? Did you hear the prophet of God? We got more power now. How many believes that? The astronaut age is here. We come into the spiritual age of the astronaut. It's the same spirit, only more power, only lifting us up higher. And the higher we go, the more we can believe. And the more like Christ. Not the automobile, not the horse and buggy, not in the airplane, but the astronaut Moving us up above each one. It's called the ego age in the Bible. God calling his prophets, Malachi 4, the promise of the last days. God is able now to achieve for himself a bride. Mm. He's going to, in the last days, be able to get a bride. Hello, somebody. You say, well, look at all this chaos. He's going to be, in the last age, able to get himself a bride. With a ministry that's so exactly like a man and his wife becomes one. So exactly like him. When Jehovah gets to his, his people like him, he lives in his people. They are one. He said, then it will fulfill the scripture, John 14, 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Oh, come on, somebody. Not a prophet, a people. And it will also fulfill what Jesus said would take place. As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. But the astronaut age, the astronaut sees things that the horse rider and the automobile and the airplanes and either sees, he goes higher. Did you hear me? He sees things greater and beyond what we can see. Those astronauts up there are not seeing the riots. They're not seeing the COVID-19. They're not seeing all the political unrest and the problems all over the world and wars and rumors. They're not seeing none of that. They're traveling around the earth about 17,200 miles an hour. 16 sunrises and sunsets a day. That's moving. And we're called to be astronauts. They're moving faster than the problems. They're moving faster than the sickness. They're moving faster than the unrest and the problems going on in this earth. They're moving around and around and around and around. 
We have been called to this heavenly atmosphere, to this place, not to be in a, we're not to be in a, a, on a bicycle no more. Not an automobile no more. Seeing all the problems around us and all the things and our focus is all out there somewhere. He said, just as sure as God has testified by the natural things happening here, so is he testifying that if we have achieved an astronaut, God has achieved what he promised to achieve in the last days according to Malachi 4. Only thing he has to do is get somebody in his hands. that can cut loose from the airplanes and the automobiles and whatsoever more that's keeping you earthbound. Not look back to what it was, but more power to lift him higher and lift him into the presence of God. Lift you up where all things are possible. See, that's what's happening. Listen, I, I can't help but believe. As he says, he's speaking about here in the countdown of what the natural types of spiritual. And here we are again in this year, amidst all this chaos, a rocket takes full out. The spiritual astronaut goes above the planes. Planes are wrecking up, fussing in the clouds. All right. <laughs> Did you hear that? Fussing in the clouds. Is that where Facebook is in the clouds? Instagram in the clouds. Our problem is our heads are in the clouds and not on the coming of the Lord. This is why you get people so discouraged and people posting this and posting that and posting this. They got their eyes on the wrong thing. Either we believe this message or we don't believe it. It gets greater. gets more. Airplanes are still down there wrecking, fussing, grounded. Everything like that, but the astronauts are not grounded. He goes above the clouds. He goes above the creeds. He goes beyond the denominations. Above what anyone says, this isn't so or that isn't so. He has got a God, and that God is the Holy Spirit. And the Word tells him so, and he moves on. How does a science make an astronaut? He takes what power they got, and he keeps going into it and going into it and further and further until he can move out of this atmosphere into another he said, what is, how does he find out how to do this? He takes what's off paper and he figures it out. And the same thing, that any man can sit down and read the word of God and see what's promised. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, said Jesus. He said, that earthbound bunch they had back there in them days didn't know who he was. But he said, you begin to take it off the pages and put it into action. That's exactly what they've done. They've drew, they, they drew and 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 they drew all kind of blueprints for rockets and rocket fuel and how to do this and how to do the test and test. But one day it was time to take it off the paper and put it on the pad and get ready to light it up. Hey Amen. It's time that we get off the paper. We're to be written epistles, read of all men, living, a living voice. 
Not just quoting a scripture, but living a scripture. Not just quoting a quote, but living a quote. Not just quoting some man this and some that, but living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Define every devil. Define every spirit of hell. Define sickness right to its face and say, by my his stripes, I am healed. An astronaut, he moves out beyond all those things. He's not bound by the car anymore. All he can see is right around him. All he can see is the things on this earth that's going on. No, he's seeing in a different place. You see, when the astronaut's in the air, there's something controlling him. It's called radar. And I'm sure it's developed even further, no doubt beyond the 664. Radar moves him, shows him where he's at, tells him what he's doing, and is directing him. That's a natural astronaut. I watched them as they would, they had lifted off and this, you know, parts fell away and this, that, and they go into there and they get ready as I spoke about it Sunday a little bit and they got lined up with that International Space Center and they begin to move and you see this little puffs that look like puffs of smoke would blow out this way or blow out this way and they, they, they were lining up to a perfect connection. What do you think is going on in this age that we're living in? He's the refiner, and he's holding you. This may pull over here, and it pulls it over here, and it put. But just keep your eyes. We're lining up for a perfect connection. The spiritual astronaut has a control power. It has a control tower. It has a power and a control tower. It's, it's not down here. It's like, like man, it's, it's up there. It's the Holy Ghost that's in him, that's controlling him. The tower of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's under control. <laughs> it keeps him in control by the word. Not a bunch of fanaticism, not a bunch of whooped up nonsense, but thus saith the Lord. And it happens. It's always under control. He's got a control tower. That's the Holy Ghost. And the word is his program. And he lays right in that program. And the power of the Holy Ghost endows him to move out. And it brings him over this way. And it brings him over that way to get him in perfect line. To achieve what God wants to be achieved for his people. My. He goes on down. He talks about the clock ticking to midnight. And the destruction that's going on. That's about to take place in this world. This world's about to burn with fire. That's not a man's words. That's these words. And either we, either we believe it or we don't. He said the clock of science, they say it's three minutes to midnight. I almost wonder how many seconds we got to midnight. We're at the end. They have found the thing that will destroy them. It's here. What's going to destroy this earth is already here. It ain't waiting to be developed. It's not in some development somewhere. It's already here. <laughs> they found the thing that will destroy them. They found everything. The astronaut 
can get in the air and go over with the atomic powers and sit up there and say surrender or be blowed up three minutes until midnight. They have worked on what God had done. They was able to pervert it. Instead of trying to make life, they're always trying to find a way to kill somebody or outdo the next thing or beat the next nation or beat the next place. That's what they're trying to do. But man looks on calling man his brother and trying to lead him to home where he won't have to die. One is death, the other is life. But these and death only represent life. He said the clock is ticking upon the achievement of science today. Three minutes to midnight. God's great clock is still ticking though. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. We have arrived. <laughs> he said one is clicking to death. One is clicking to life. One is clicking to destruction. One is clicking to get out of here. He says, we have arrived. The works that I do shall you do also. We have arrived. Hello, somebody. We are here. And just as the powers are here to destroy the earth, the power to fulfill the word of God is here right now. And the works that he did shall we do also. And even greater than these things shall we do. More. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's on the earth in the power of the Holy Ghost to make the word live and do for his church is exactly what he promised it to do. And he's filling his astronauts. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe I need to preach that to you. He's on the earth in the power of the Holy Ghost to make his word live and do his church, do for his church exactly what he promised it would do. There's a power here to fulfill everything that the word has been spoke. And it's filling his his astronauts up, not for destruction, not for death, not for plagues, not for political unrest. It's it's filling us up to leave this old world, to leave it all behind. So they got in their big scientific tube He says, not long ago, astronaut tube, taking the countdown, headed for the moon. They're going off of here too. They got an astronaut in a big tube powered by atomic power where they can send it plumb to the moon, they claim. They got in their tube and were waiting for the countdown. The spiritual astronaut has also got into Christ and is listening to the countdown of the word. What are you listening to tonight? Hello, somebody. What are you listening to tonight? Are you listening to the countdown of the world or the word? <laughs> he, said, he said, now you Lutherans ought to shout. You Baptist Presbyterian, watch the countdown of the word. And we're not headed to the moon. We're headed for heaven. 
<laughs> They'll pass the moon so fast they won't even see it. Waiting for the countdown. What are they doing? They're wrapped in Christ and rapturing grace. Nothing they did themselves. Christ took the uneducated, the foolish things of the world, wrapped his astronauts in it, and empowered them with the Holy Ghost. For what? To take off. This world is going to be left alone to burn. I don't think it's coincidence that there's people on this earth today that's supposed to be highly educated people that says, we never went to the moon. There's still people, even message people apparently that I've heard, believes that this is a flat earth. <laughs> Somebody's got a virus, all right, it's called the coronavirus. Listen, there's viruses. I, I was thinking about this today. There's viruses out there that I'm a lot more scared of than Corona. There's viruses of Laodicea that are inflicting people. And you see it out there. They put it out there for the world to see. No shame. Yet say their message. They're not message. They got a virus. And people today are saying, hey, nah, I never went to the moon. They got all this conspiracy stuff. No, I get, no doubt. They're trying to deny the, super, the power that took an astronaut off of the earth into another atmosphere. And you see it in the spiritual realms. There's no such a thing as a prophet. There's no such a thing as a man who's seen the other side. Come on, somebody. Same spirit. It's a demonic spirit. And let me tell you, what we're seeing today in this earth is not God. It's the demonic, the demonic spirit that's taken over the minds of men. But there's also another people that's being taken over like we heard Sunday. Not with the mind of some psychotic or some demonic spirit, but the mind of Jesus Christ. And it's so far, far into this world and they're thinking that they think we're the ones that's crazy. We're the ones that's crazy to believe a man could leave this atmosphere and to go somewhere else. We're the ones that's crazy to believe in a body chain. We're the ones that's crazy to believe that God can heal. We're the ones that's crazy to believe that we can shout and sing and dance and praise a God that they don't think exists. They're infected with a virus, and it's a virus much worse than corona. When John Glenn, our astronaut, got in a big tube to take off, the nation stood speechless. They didn't know. That morning when he took off, when he did, he got in the tube. Everybody's crying, waiting, watching. Nation stood spellbound. TV's blaring, everything, so everybody could see. Their natural eye couldn't see it because they had to put it on the television so the world could see it. He said when he got placed up in the tube just right, and when he did, they started 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. And off the earth, he lifted. Began to catch fire beneath him begin to break and the smoke begin to roll and all of a sudden as that thing shimmered and it began to move that big tube took off in the air into the unknown somewhere he took off in man's achievements the greatest achievement man has ever had but let me tell you that's just a small thing 
One of these mornings, one of these mornings, God's achievement of his astronauts that have climbed into Jesus Christ and been born by the Spirit of God, filled with his power. Oh, hallelujah. One of these mornings, the whole universe will be screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth when they realize they missed it. But that great eagle powered by the Holy Ghost and fire. Woo, hallelujah. It begins to spread her wings and the astronaut will take off and go to meet the bridegroom in the air. Oh, my, what a power. Hallelujah. And we can hear it counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Take off. Oh, what a day that's going to be. What a moment that's going to be. But the only way you're going to realize that is because you've been pressurized by the Holy Ghost to take off from this dimension into another world. Hallelujah. I believe there's a people on this earth that is not, they, they're not pressurized or not, not under, the, under the influence of some demonic spirit somewhere or some satanic thing somewhere or some political thing somewhere. That's not where they're getting their influence, but they're getting it from the mind of Jesus Christ. And they're sitting on a power that's greater than any power ever known to the earth. It is a power that raised a man four days from the dead. It is a power that changed a life. In one moment was a drunkard and the next day a sober man. It's a power that took a chain smoker and she throwed it down and never smoked again. It's a power that raised you up and you up and you up. Oh, hallelujah. And it's here on this earth and we are getting ready for takeoff. We're getting ready to leave this old hell-bound earth and all its problems and all its situation and all its viruses and all its sickness. Cancer is about to be left behind to burn. Sugar diabetes is left behind to burn. Depression and fear and anxiety left behind to burn while you lift off from this place. Who's going? Who's going? Who say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave this old hell-bound earth and lift into another dimension. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a power that will take the bride off this earth to meet her bridegroom. Are you pressurized tonight? Are you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus Christ? And you don't care what the world says or what it believes or this was in power or that one's in power. It makes no difference to me. Because I know who reigns. Our God reigns. He's alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's got a power that'll lift you up out of them old doldrums. Lift you up out of that old sickness that you're dealing with. And lift you up out of that place. She is getting ready. She is getting resurrected power in her to fly beyond the things of the world. Oh, hallelujah. says, get ready. Get in, my brother. If you ain't in, get in. Get in. Get pressurized. The pressure won't hurt you when you get on the inside. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing present nor future that can take you out of, away from him. If you're inside with Christ, none of that pressure will hurt you. It's only God in you. 
You, listen to this, get in Christ and you no longer will care what the world says. Hello, somebody. You're safe. You're tucked in. Jesus Christ is our great glorious astronaut too. The musicians can come. Then we're in it. And we will be propelled by the Holy Ghost and power and fire. And when she begins to fly out of one of these mornings, the Holy Ghost fire hit the earth like that like never before. And the church will be lifted up. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, lift us up. He asked the question, are you driving a horse and buggy? Did you... Are you riding in an automobile? Are you in the clouds of the plane? He said, I got something to tell you. Get in the astronaut tube. Get it. This is the astronaut age. We're leaving here. Jesus Christ is here, that great astronaut tube that we're to be in. Cloud over us won't mean one thing. He'll break every cloud of doubt, he'll break every unbelief. He'll sweep it yonder into space. If you haven't got into him yet, get in now. It's takeoff time. Let's bow our heads. Are you pressurized? Or are you under pressure? Is it weak in your faith? Or are you stronger in the faith? Where you at? Only you know. Are you on a bicycle, a car, airplane? Or are you in the tube? The astronaut tube. People are cra- caving to this pressure. Getting so caught up in it. This very nation rejected the Word of God. There's nothing left for her but destruction. Nothing. I'm as patriotic as anybody. But there's nothing left of this, for this world, this nation, but to burn. And she's going to burn. That's thus saith the Lord. And none of your prayers are going to stop it. It's going to happen. What you need to be focused in, are you in the tube? Are you in Christ Jesus? Are you pressurized? Or is the pressure getting to you? Get in the tube. I'm going. I'm going. Can you really sing it? There's nothing here to hold me.